Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 113. Hey, Richers, it's so, so great to be here with you today. And I'm super excited and super proud to host my guest today, Ofer Shayo, the co-founder and CEO of Tivinci, who is one of the first of 120 entrepreneurs and startup founders I've worked with, and definitely one of the most successful among them, and a friend. I would like to personally invite you to the live masterclass where I'll teach the exact method that we used in Tivinci and was a part of their huge success. So go to the richomis.com homepage to check it out. Offer Shayo a passionate tech entrepreneur with over 15 years of senior management experience focused on enterprise mobile, SaaS, social networking, and cloud TV products with a superior user experience. Co-founded DaVinci in 2007, built and developed a world-class team of talents with a diverse and innovation-driven culture. DaVinci was acquired by Cultura in 2014 and today is serving Cultura's customers under the name Cultura Media and Telecom. DaVinci's cloud TV platform is serving today millions of pay TV subscribers worldwide, deployed by Vodafone, Veon, Turner, Viacom, KDG, Ono, and MediaCorp. Today, offer based in London, with his family, and starting to build a new tech company. Offer Shio, what a great pleasure to have you here. Hi! Hello, hello. How are you, Hayut? I'm so great, and this is a fantastic opportunity to speak with you again. I'm so pleased that you're my guest in this podcast, and thank you so much for that. You're one of the entrepreneurs that... I really think, first of all, that I succeeded big time, and I really think there is so much to learn from you. So thank you for coming here. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. <laughs> and I just shared with our audience and our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you, what are you doing and most passionate about today? And where are you heading? All right. So I define myself as entrepreneur. I was entrepreneur uh, almost from day one, and this is uh, what I'm doing today. No matter what will be my role or what I'm going to do, it will be always with the entrepreneurship aspect. So in a few words, I am an entrepreneur. I left the company that acquired my company five years ago. I will share more details later, of course. So I left Kaltua a few months ago. And since then, I'm doing a very structured ideation process in order to find the next idea, in order to establish and to co-found 
together with my, my new co-founder, mm. a new company. It's amazing because you are not only one of the very rare entrepreneurs that I've met that actually really managed business the way business should be managed, but you are also structuring the thinking process and the ideation process, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually started at the beginning without having any structured process. It was really freestyle. I, you know, I had a lot of time. I used to go to the park almost every day. I'm based in London, so I have really beautiful parks around me. And once I thought about a good idea, I told to myself, okay, let's, let's make a proof of concept. Let's uh, do some research around it. And I had the three ideas that I found on that way. And I realized that this is not the right way for me because I do want to compare a few ideas. I do want to make sure I'm choosing uh, an idea that has the, a big enough target market in terms of size. I do want to, to make sure that in terms of competition, there is a chance to, to lead the market, that it is uh, an area that was... Was not distracted so far so there are a few parameters that that I have in my list and I do want to have a metrics and in the end to choose something that most likely will be my day job in the next five seven maybe ten years who knows so I do want to to really structure this process Wow I want to start from the beginning you didn't always think you're going to be an entrepreneur or you did. I think, yes, I, I came from a family that everybody are entrepreneurs. Even my big brother is an artist, and being an artist is kind of being an entrepreneur. And Definitely. So, yes. When you just started with your career, the word entrepreneur was on the air already? Actually, yes. Um, it was, for me, almost the only path. At the beginning, I'm thinking, speaking about uh, being uh, 22, 23. Oh. Actually, I was sure that I'm going to, to build my own uh, company. I was privileged and, and fortunately, I met uh, my co-founder uh, in Guatemala while uh, walking on a mountain called Tajamulco. I think it's the highest uh, mountain in uh, Central America. You must keep this story for me because I have my mountain question at the end. Okay, I love mountain questions. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you met your co-founder there in Guatemala? Yes, and we actually spoke about what are the opportunities uh, we had back then in the technology. We spoke about uh, connecting mobile, TV, and PC, those where the I don't know the the holy triangle okay this is how we called it back then I'm speaking about I think two, 2004 okay wow uh, so we met it though we spoke about connecting mobile TV and PC and the rest is history Ido and myself we both were students and after coming back from Guatemala to Israel we, we were both originally from Israel uh, we established our actually I joined those business it He established a few years earlier as a co-CEO. This is how we call it. It was a kind of a creative agency. After a few years together, after we, we reached really big customers, 
uh, both in Israel and outside of Israel. We decided that uh, we would like to build a product company. Yeah. We chose, we also did, it wasn't very structured, but we did make a very clear decision that we're going to build something in the video space. Okay. We started okay. to make a research and to try to understand where the opportunity in the video. It was exactly after a few months after YouTube was acquired in 2006 by Google. Mm -hmm. so we understood that there is an opportunity there and something is happening there. And we, we built a kind of a demo or proof of concept of uh, an interactive player with... Uh, social layers above it. We had on this concept the ability to find new content through your friends or to discover new content by moods, by most favorite content and things like that in a very, very cool user interface. Yeah. And uh, we shared it with a few prospects, with a few prospect customers. One of them was Viacom in Israel. Uh, okay. They liked it. And they adopt it, and we actually built a product uh, based on this pro based on this uh, product. And during this process, we also uh, uh, branded it as uh, Tivinci. We raised our seed money. It was actually everything that that I just told you happened in 2007. At the beginning of 2008, we already had a few international customers, including Viacom. We had. Uh, already the first version of the product in production. So that was our beginning. Two questions I have for you. First of all, what's the meaning of Tivinci? I think I never asked you that. So, <laughs> being named <laughs> the beginning, we thought that we are inventing, reinventing the TV. <laughs> the biggest inventor in the history. By the way, the first startupist was Leonardo da Vinci. Sure. <laughs> da Vinci with TV and both together, it was Da Vinci. It was an idea of our third co-founder, Guy Barkan. I think it's important to mention that. Hmm. That's great. And I didn't hear this story. I forgot to ask you. I always knew you. And this is time to tell our listeners that we worked together in 2009, I think, or in 10. We worked together about marketing and strategy. And I know you from there. And the second question that I have is, what was the product? Not in the technology meaning, but just what did it give its customers? So it's very easy to explain it. It was kind of a white label Netflix. We approached customers like mobile operators, TV, cable operators, and media companies. And we gave them the option to build their own TV business in the cloud. It was a cloud-based, it is, by the way, it is a cloud-based TV platform, includes backend to manage the users, the business layers of this uh, service, of the TV service, uh, including front-end with uh, all the different uh, devices. And it was very interesting because were the times that a lot of businesses and big companies wanted to go into this world. However, I want to ask you, as an entrepreneur for so many years, and as an entrepreneur that can mark his first entrepreneurship as a huge success, and we know that the numbers for Israeli entrepreneurs is between 4 to 2.5% success, the numbers that today 
talking internationally is between 5% to 10% success. So you've got a success and this is remarkable. And now you are, as an entrepreneur, looking for the next business. So I want to ask you, what would be your best advice for entrepreneurs regarding everything that has to do with customer focus or their approach to customers? Because what we know today is that is what they fail for. There is a very famous uh, research of CB Insight that uh, interview entrepreneurs that failed. And the question is, what was the reason? And the number one reason, 42% of the answers are about no market need. And in most of the cases, as we know together, it's not an issue of a market need. It's an issue of finding the biggest opportunity in the market and then finding the way to define what actually you are offering the market because now it was very easy for you to explain. You used the word Netflix and you used the word cloud. But back then, nobody knew what you are talking about. So these are really the challenges. So I want to ask you, what would be your biggest advice to any entrepreneur that listens to us right now? So I... First, to, to define what is a success, I think it's something really personal. I think that our biggest success in Tivinci was building a very strong team and uh, being able to choose the people, the, the right people, great and talented people, that most of them came without any experience. Today, 12 years after we established the company and, and part of the, the, the employees that we had in, in Tivinci were from the, the early beginning, I can see now, if I want to hire the Tivinci's team today, I think that I need to pay them something between three times, maybe five times, and even more. And this is not because we didn't pay them well, because each one of them today is really talent. So um, one advice right. is you need, to <laughs> you need to hire people that used to work in Tivinci. They are all really good, great. <laughs> that's right that's right you had great people there yeah it was I think this is something that we, we knew back then I, I this is not a surprise now but today even you know five years after selling the company you can follow the people you can see how many entrepreneurs and executives and really a variety of, of really great people and I'm really proud that, that we had the chance to put all these brains together honestly it was our I think uh, Uh, the most important thing that, that we have done, in addition to that, one important achievement that we had, and it is related to, to our, our work together in 2009, 10, and 2011, right. I think that we recognize what is the category that we would like to lead in a very early stage. Right. We call this category OTT. OTT, it's over-the-top TV. It means any... TV service that uh, back then we thought in the future will be based on the internet. We believed that one day people will consume entertainment in their living room from a TV service that will be connected only to the internet, like <laughs> what we are doing today, okay? And, and we were really brave because when we spoke with many of our prospects, they told us that this is a nice to have, This is uh, uh, only for short forms. It's only for promotions and marketing. And it took us really time to find the market fit. But actually, our strategy back then 
to keep our focus on hunting big customers with premium content that they believe, okay, that they will be able to sell their content over the internet. It is the same strategy Kaltura has today with this amazing group that they acquired five years ago in their media and telecom uh, uh, group that is based actually uh, based on what we have done in Tivinci. So we're actually, the strategy, the core strategy was there from uh, almost day one, 2009, I would say. It took us like two years to find the, what will be our main uh, market. And it remains until today. And I believe it's there. This is what we are doing really well. That's amazing. You know, we already said, and you've got successes during the way and the big success of where Tivinci is today. And we will talk about it again in a minute, but I would like to ask you to share with us what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? So, unfortunately... <laughs> We made many mistakes and we tried really not to repeat them, but also uh, here, I'm not sure we always had the understanding how exactly not to, to repeat the mistakes. And, you know, that's life. And I think that one of our biggest mistakes, and this is something that I keep thinking about it, is, is the fact that um, we, we did a really great job with our first customers, but like almost in every young startups we were a bit uh, overselling and the biggest mistake was that we didn't set expectations with them i think that today if i'm going to to deliver a new product to my first two three five customers i think the expectations must be set as uh, they are a design partners they will enjoy from an innovation uh, they will pay less than other customers in the future maybe they will be able to benefit it for i don't know for the low price for a few years if we will success and on the other side we will have more bags compared to maybe other mature and big companies uh maybe it will take us more time maybe we will change a few things in our roadmap and they need to be more flexible so this set of expectation as a young entrepreneur I want a story. I want a story. You don't have to mention names, but I want a story of a failure, of a big failure with customer that you think that, uh, that you found out it was the issue of not setting the expectations right, which probably is the reason for so many failures in the business world and, of course, in entrepreneurial businesses as well. So we really, without mentioning names, I think that uh, we had uh, at least maybe more customers that, They were very excited about our solution, our vision, about the team, about the user experience that they are going to get, and they got it. But sometimes they got it a bit later. Sometimes they got it, but with less uh, features that they, they thought they will get, and it took time to, to close the gap and to deliver these features. For us, it was very important to always deliver whatever we promised, but sometimes... So why it was such a failure? Because, okay, there are some problems, they got it, but they got it late. Okay, why you look at it as your bigger failure? Or what was the story that you were very affected by this failure? 
I think that the answer is if if I would have an opportunity to do it again, hmm. I definitely could make it better by setting expectations about what they're going to get, what they're not going to get maybe. What are the other benefits that they are getting, like getting the innovation, getting it before all the other competitors and things like that. So, and also getting it in, in a very low price. Obviously, it is always comes together. So things like that, we, I think, I don't know, we, we afraid to say that to our first customer. We want them to sign here and here and to start to deliver it. And we didn't want to deal with the potential failure. Hmm. But you know, it's not the biggest failure. But it is something that I would definitely will do different in the future. Did you ever lose a customer because of that? Absolutely, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's because of that. There are always many reasons why you're losing customers. And by the way, one of the reasons that we made the shift and we decided that we would like to focus on premium customers with premium content that people really want to watch and really want to pay because from day one, we, we've been focused on paid OTT TV. That's right. So in a scenario that our customer, they didn't have content that was appealing and people didn't want to pay for that. So even if we delivered on time, maybe we missed something in, in the way, the service didn't fly, didn't take off, and uh, we had a few customers Uh, mainly in the early days of uh, the, the OTT days, that they couldn't uh, continue to keep the service live. And, and obviously they churned. But this is, this is part of entering to, to a new market. We sure. didn't really, uh, together with our customers, we didn't really know at the beginning what is the secret sauce of building an OTT service that will be profitable. Today we definitely, today in Kaltura, they definitely, they know, we know, how to do it, and it's a completely uh, different ballgame. I love this example, and I love the issue of setting expectations. And now I would like you to share with us the story of your greatest, most significant, or one of the most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. So in the early beginning, as I said, We knew from day one that our target market, our target customers, big operators, tier one, tier two, tier three, um, the same tiers for, for media companies, and we don't want to target the small companies. And we had to do it step by step, right? We couldn't go. We did it, but we failed. We, I think, you know, we went there in 2008 to speak with um, the tier one operators where we had the Israeli chutzpah. <laughs> I don't know if I have to translate it to English. Yes, please do. I want to hear you translating chutzpah. We were really brave and naive, and we thought that we can, after being one year with companies like Viacom in East Europe, uh, managing for them a few small accounts in East Europe, we thought that we are ready to jump to the tier one in uh, North America, and we approached those companies. Fortunately, they opened the door, They really wanted to hear what we are having to sell them. And we almost signed uh, even a paid proof of concept with a part of them. And, you know, fortunately, they didn't sign the proof of concept uh, in such an early stage because uh, right now I know that we were not ready for that. 
So what we realized that we need to build our reputation step-by-step, step, going from small to medium to medium plus to large companies and only then to approach the tier one. And in 2012, the magic happened. I think that uh, we understood that it was 2011. We understood that we are ready to sell to big customers. Our platform is robust enough. We have a process of uh, how to go from uh, a selling process into delivery, from delivery into maintenance, how to support big customers. We thought that we know, okay? Later on, we thought that the challenges are really big or bigger than what we thought, but we definitely were more confident on going on with that. And we were lucky to win our first tier one customer in APAC. We competed okay. back then with a big company named Ericsson. <laughs> they were a huge system integrator and they failed to deliver on this specific project. And the guy that managed the, the OTT service on this uh, giant media company in APAC, he decided that he's going to make a bet on us. And he chose us together with his management, of course, to deliver them the biggest uh, OTT service uh, back then on, on that specific uh, country. And I think that a good sign is that they are still a customer. Okay. It's a fantastic sign because it's a technology that still needed to get mature. Absolutely. And they, they, I think that what we did better there on that case, we knew how to set the expectations. We did have bugs. We did have downtimes. We did have all things that, you know, unfortunately is part of, of uh, providing something uh, really innovative to a customer in scale. But we set expectations with them. We were transparent. We knew how to communicate much better with these type of uh, customers. And uh, the entire company on that time were focused in order to deliver and to make sure we are providing this customer a tier one service like he expected to get from companies like Ericsson. He knew that he chose DaVinci and we are a small company. Maybe so that we have more people than we really had, but we, we actually, we have been at the beginning, uh, uh, 35 pe people together with him. Based on this contract, we could double the team in six months. And based on that success and based on the fact that this customer was happy, we could sign more tier one and tier two customers uh, later on, uh, mainly in Europe. And I think that was the point that we moved from being a startup that is more opportunistic to still a startup, but with uh, a proven market fit. And we really understood that we are going on the right path. Wow. Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, and you are a very early adopter of technologies, I know that, but what I'm looking for is not the latest, shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for a tool that really works for you, that really helps you deliver or achieve what you're looking to achieve. What really serves you well? 
So I hope it's not obvious, but and if yes, it's great. But now when I'm starting my new company, uh, one of the first dashboard that I created for me is based on Monday.com. Okay, um, great. I found it as a great tool. I'm still like in the early days and don't have a big team now. I'm just working together with my co-founder. We're only two people. But I found it as a great tool. I like the uh, speediness, the 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 fact that uh, you can connect it to so many other third parties, and the, the fact that you can automate things, which is very important. That's great. You know, there are many factors that actually affect success. However, I believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps to succeed. And I want to ask you, What is your key success factor? What was the factor that really helped you to succeed? It's a good question. Good <laughs> um, um, question. I, 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 don't, I don't know why. But you have so many great things about you. I think really for... Do you want to skip the question or something that... Uh... I, I will give you an example. Um, when the company was acquired, we had... Uh, 75 full-time employees after seven years of being an active company. And the most important thing for me was the hiring process and the HR and to make sure that first to find the right people and then to help them to develop themselves and to keep them happy. Uh, it was extremely important for me. And I still think that for me, the biggest factor or the biggest, the most important thing for me as an entrepreneur was and still will be to find the right team and to develop them and to keep them happy. I think this is one of the biggest privilege that entrepreneur has to be able to really impact your teams, your people's life and career. And I hope, actually, I think we did a good job. Hmm. And it's not, it's not so obvious. No, it's not. Yeah. So, no, it's not. Um, We didn't have, I don't know, I cannot write a book how to do it and why we chose it as something very important even back then. But it was, it was definitely something that was in our DNA and was part of every decision that we made. The, the most important parameter was always how it will affect the people. And I'm really proud that we, we did it and managed it on, on that way. I'm really proud of that as well because... This whole podcast and what most or almost all the interviewees that succeeded very well talking about is really focusing on their customers. And I must tell you that today, and, and you are like that, you're such a company, I know that, and you're a company that succeeded. So I think it's a very good proof to this uh, DNA that really was in the company and I think it started with the, the employees themselves what you said before I think it is something that connected together that this is really not obvious now we came to my final question my final question is my mountain question I always imagine for years this journey of taking position and building a brand and building a perception in the mind of the customers as climbing a mountain step after step after step until you actually take position on one idea and then you go further and in one stage I just started to ask my guests whether they ever 
climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain or planning on climbing a mountain. And I'm talking about literally a mountain, physical mountain. So I would like to ask you this question. Did you ever or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Oh, I like mountains. And actually, the first and the last time maybe, and maybe the last time for forever, I climbed a mountain. It was in 2004. And back then I met Ido Wiesenberg, my co-founder in Tivinci. And it is funny because, as you said, building a startup, it's like climbing a mountain. And it's, it's really similar experience. And the fact that, that we met on that mountain, we didn't know that we are going to be such a good friends and we are going to do something together. But... During climbing this mountain, we discuss about, call it the magical triangle of PC, mobile, and TV. And we thought, what we can do together? What can change the world by combining techie products that will allow people to do something with these devices? I'm speaking about 2004. It was before the iPad. It was uh, uh, way before Netflix was online. So we had a very, not clear vision, but uh, we tried to connect uh, the dots later on. It took us a few years and to find something that will meet this vision. And at the end, our vision came true by establishing uh, Tivinci. That's a great story. Actually, I never had anyone that told me that they established their successful entrepreneurship on a mountain. So I think you have it. You've got it. It's a great answer. Thank you. You, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Before I say goodbye, I just want to ask you what would be the best way to connect with you to anyone that might be interesting to read things that you are writing or to ask your advice Do you have any social media or places where people can connect with me or, or in email? So I'm available through LinkedIn. I think this is the best way, but I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, and my email is uh, my full name, Ofer, Shio, at gmail.com. You are welcome to approach me. And we will have all these addresses in the show notes of this interview. Ofer, I would like to thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me. It was a pleasure, I believe, for anyone who listened to us. But it was a pleasure for me to remember all the things that you've done at the past. And I really enjoyed that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chayut. I really enjoyed it as well. And uh, see you next time in Tel Aviv or in London. <laughs> see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.